I actually discovered Gary on an episode of Jake and Amir, which is a college humor show that I used to watch wow. way back in the day. Let's peek behind the curtain about like how that came about and him giving a quote for your book, which is an extreme honor. Like he's one of these. And out of nowhere, I was like, you know what? He makes wine interesting. And if he does that, he's onto something. And I understand what people may think, but listen, this court is unbelievable. Again, back to the community I built, it's just kind. It's, you know, it's nice, it's thoughtful. Tons of moves, learning. Unbelievable OGs coming in and helping. And that is a game changer. Our grandparents did not have this. That to me excites me. I mean, I've spent the last 12 years building Gary Vee. I want this to be my Harry Potter, my Pokemon, my Smurfs. Like, this is a very big ambition for me. I will spend the rest of my life building this intellectual property. You are now listening to the V-Fan Sessions Podcast with your host, Mr. Messer. Oh yeah. Subscribe. Like. VFAM, what's up? Mr. Messer is back, but you can call me Rob, of course, with another episode of the VFAM Sessions. I am so, so thrilled to be here with the the one and only uh, Steve Kaczynski, a.k.a. NFT Bark, co-author of the Everything Token book um, in stores, probably right now when you're listening to this, uh, co-host of Coffee with Captain, uh, Starbucks Odyssey, you name it. He's been everywhere in Web3 and VFriends and beyond. Uh, Steve, welcome to the VFAM Sessions. How are you? I'm doing well, and, and Rob, I got to say it again. You stuck the landing on the last name, which is something very few people do. So, very impressive. Well done. Let's go. Let's go. Um, so, I mean, so much is going on. I was just talking to you about how timely this is. You know, this podcast is usually just full of evergreen conversations, but it's so cool to to highlight such a special project um, during this time. Um, and we'll we'll get to everything token and so much uh, that you've done in the space and beyond. Um, but for, for starters, if you could just give us a quick, uh, what I call 55 second cliff notes version on, on who Steve, uh, is prior to, uh, prior to web three. Yeah. Prior to web three, uh, I spent about 15 years uh, in the corporate world, uh, leading communications and marketing disciplines at Fortune 500 and multinational companies. For example, I was leading uh, internal communications at Progressive Insurance when we sent everyone home for COVID, which is super challenging when there's 40,000 people suddenly working from home. So um, that's sort of my background before then. Um, I dabbled a little bit. I was a TV news reporter for a short period of time. I actually made money playing online poker for a period of time slash in-person poker. That's how I paid my rent for a period of time before my corporate life. But mostly it's just that corporate stuff. And then, um, you know, at, at 30, 37, 38 years old, I decided that I wanted to try to chase a dream with uh, a wife and uh, two kids and a dog and all these things and uh, leave a very comfortable corporate job to see what I could do. Very cool. And so I know I, I read that you caught on to Gary during the wine library TV days. So when was the first, you know, zooming in on that era, when was the first time you remember hearing the name Gary V? Oh man. Uh, this is First of all, good research. Number one, number two, um, <clears throat> I, um, I actually discovered Gary on an episode of Jake and Amir, which is a college humor show that I used to watch wow. way back in the day. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought he was kind of interesting and, and I liked his energy. So I started checking him out more and I'm like, oh, this guy makes, I wasn't a wine person, right? I, I was, um, you know, just a, you know, 20 some year old dude who was like watching college humor videos, clearly not a wine person. And out of nowhere, I was like, you know what? He makes wine interesting. And if he does that, he's onto something. And the funny part is, and actually, um, 
it's so funny. Like, this is a story I've always wanted to tell Gary, and, and I never have, um, is, and I've only met him or spoke with him once before when he was writing the quote for our book, but, like, um, it's funny. Like, I went to the leaders at our agency at one point, and I was like, hey, we're just starting this thing called influencer marketing. And I'm like, this guy that I just discovered is super dynamic, super interesting. And I remember talking to one of our VPs and being like, Gary Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk. And they were like, mm, the wine guy sounds like a flash in the pan pass. And so at that time, he was probably doing stuff for free, speaking places for yeah. free. You know, I mean, that's like, you know, I don't even know what year that was, like 2009 or so. I, I don't even know what it was. So, um, they passed on it, and it turned out uh, one of those times that I, I guess I was right and the higher-ups were wrong. But, um, yeah, I discovered him then, and I've really followed his content all the way through. And I can honestly say his content and what he's put together has had a material impact on my life in the sense that – and I'm sure, like, a lot of people, like, your listeners, yourself, are the same in that he has created content that he became – one of like the quote unquote five people I hang out with most in the sense that I consumed his content so much and it affected me in ways that I, I can't even begin to describe and how I, I changed my career direction and things that I did in ways I believed in myself. So um, yeah, I, he's somebody who's had a huge impact on my life. That's first of all, that's fantastic. Um, but second of all, like I've used that quote. That's so funny. You said that, like I, I, have hung out with him, quote unquote, spent so much time with him so much, like he's in my five. Uh, and it's also poetic that, you know, five is that that magic number. Uh, fan, fantastic. So would you say, like, obviously you caught on him early, most, earlier than most. Did he, do you think he instilled a lot of that? Like, you know, I, I'm stuck in corporate. I'm, I, I want more in you. Like, did he, do you think he subconsciously injected that DNA or do you think you had it coming all along and he just kind of helped give you that push? So it's interesting. I think it's always been part of who I am. Like, I think it has always been part of who I am. I actually think ironically, because he used to have videos where he would say, this isn't for everybody, which funny enough, like entrepreneurship and, and being a free, you know, sort of outdoor cat actually is for me in a lot of ways. Um, but he would say this isn't for everybody. And actually, I latched onto that a little more because I always like to sort of be a little more safe. And and that's, you know, obviously not, you know, the message there. But at the same time, he's like, you can be a person at a company and instill these same views. You can be a person who is a number two and have these views. You can be a person who's an entrepreneur and have these views. And I think the principles of what he did actually affected it, it certainly sticks with me in my entrepreneurship career and my journey of like consulting and all that. But I would say I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the things that I applied that I learned from him in the corporate environment and how he instilled that idea of 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 hard work and figuring out, you know, you know, not blaming other people and work that's how yeah. you get it and all those different things. I mean, my background, he released these backgrounds in like God, must have been like 2015 for an iPhone or something. And up until I changed the background to my my book because I was really proud of it, um, my background on my phone has said work, that's how you get it and have a Gary Vee signature next to it. So I think for him, like he definitely instilled some of those um, qualities in me or at least helped awaken them or helped me. It's almost that thing that a lot of people get from him that I kind of draw where I believe it more when he says it, even though I probably always knew it to be true. And I think like even even down to, like I said, like, you know, we have quotes on the back of our book, like literally on the back of our book, we have quotes. And the top one is Gary Vaynerchuk endorsing our book. And it was like, when he agreed to do that, it had more belief to myself in this thing that I, I knew was awesome that I've worked for so long on. And so I think he just has always done that for me, whether it was corporate or otherwise. So I don't know that it like, 
necessarily instill the views. I think it awakens some. And I think I've just been applying them since I've been watching him. And it's always like getting that extra nudge you need to know that, you know, these are the thing empathy, kind, like all the things that like really were instilled in me. I think he helped sort of supercharge them, if that makes sense. Oh, I, I, I feel it. I, I totally get it. And I feel it. On a, on a different level i'm gonna break my pattern of, of skipping the timeline but since you just mentioned it let's let's zoom in on that let's peek behind the curtain about like how that came about of him giving a quote for your book which is an extreme honor like he's one of these you know trailblazers of of web three of really making it pop uh obviously he's someone that you've looked up to for for decades now like t tell us that quick story or as much as you want to divulge yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it's very cool. Um, Andy helped make the connection point. Um, and, and the thing is, like, I have, again, I followed Gary for a while. He's actually followed me for a while, but he follows a lot of people, right? Like, and he doesn't, he's a busy guy and all those things. Um, you know, I was fortunate to speak on the community stage for VCon last year, so sure. I had that. Um, and my co-author, Scott Commoners, who's a Harvard business professor, actually had a context for Gary as well, where he's spoken a few times and seen him. Um, uh, he actually... Gary, I believe, spoke when Scott was a student at Harvard and gave him, like, they gave, I think he gave everyone in the class a bottle of wine and said, like, I know you guys won't listen to me or something, but don't open this until X amount of years. And when we got on the phone with him, actually, Scott mentioned the fact that, like, hey, like, I, you know, still haven't opened the bottle of wine. So Scott, my co-author, works at A16Z Crypto. And because of that, he has a little bit of a relationship with, I think, Andy and some of the VFriends people. I know Daniel. I know uh, Jeremy. I know Andy a little bit. So we had these sort of mutual connection points. And... I mean, the story goes, I mean, it was honestly one of the coolest moments. I, I've never told the story. I probably even shouldn't, but it was the coolest thing ever, which is um, we get on the phone with him, and it's like a 10-minute meeting like he does. Uh, he's in his office, and as we're talking to him, he's like, we, we get on the phone, and we have this plan. We're like, all right, we got to make the most of this 10 minutes. We got to make it count. Like, it's it's Gary. It's his time. And, you know, we, I look up to him. Like, Scott loves him. And um, we get on, and we start off by saying, like, hey, like, good. Thanks for making the time. And you know, do you, do you have context for the call? Because we don't know how much his team's updated him or anything, or Andy's told him. We're like, do you have context for the call? Do you need a, a TLDR, like, or anything? And he thinks for a second, he goes, give me a TLDR. So we give the background, like, Scott gives his background. I mentioned, look, like, following you since Wine Library, OGV friends mentor, um, and, and I, I have a, a, a banger of a rare Brave Bison story I should probably tell at some point that really, like, changed my life as well. Um, but, like, you know, I kind of give him a quick story. Scott gives him a quick story, like, quick overview. And then we're like, and the thing that we want is, you know, we're doing this book and he stops us and he goes, oh yeah, I have full context for the call. Uh, you know, I definitely, you know, I, you want me to write a quote. He's like, look, I don't, I don't blur a lot of books. Like, you no, know, I, I do this maybe once every three to five years. Uh, and I, I, I don't support books. I support authors. And he looks and he goes, and my instincts tell are telling me that you two are it. Let's do it. And it was like, I get goosebumps just telling the story. Cause it's like that moment where you're like, this is somebody who has had a material impact on my life on multiple occasions. This is somebody who is a leader in the space, who is doing things that are like unbelievable, runs the best conference I've ever been to. I spoke on his stage and he just looks at us and says, my instincts tell me you guys are it. And he's got good instincts. He's got good instincts. So yeah. it's that moment when I, when I mentioned a second ago, like it instilled that confidence in me. It's like one of those things where it's probably always there. It's probably something I could always do, but like, Hearing it from somebody else, it's like that validation that you're like, okay. And I know he would probably tell us that we don't need that validation from him, but it certainly helps to get that nudge for him to be that voice to say so. So honestly, like probably the coolest meeting I've ever been in, it was like 10 minutes. And the other thing I'll say about it, which is remarkable. I told Jeremy this uh, uh, from V Friends as well. 
he had this uncanny ability that he seemed to have some context of who I was and who Scott was, even though we've you know, never met formally in person. Again, I spoke on the stage and shook his hand or whatever, and, and Scott's had him in, 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 um, in class, but he seemed to almost have this context like he indexed from it. And at those moments that we were talking to him, despite what was going on, he's a busy person, you have this weird feeling like you're the most important person in the world to him when you're on that call. And I can't explain it because it's like just an it thing, it's like, um, you know, me and my, my, my co-host on Coffee with Captain always say, there's certain people who have it. There's different types of it. Like, Luca Nets from Pudgy Penguins has this it that certain people mm -hmm. have. And Gary Vaynerchuk is another person who his it is a different type of it, but it's like, you're, you're having this conversation and you're like, why do I feel like he feels I'm very important, yet he has all the other things in the world to be worrying about? So, um, honestly, like, coolest thing I've been a part of, and, and it was just, like, just a wonderful moment. And to, and to have that quote, I mean, we put it... It's like him, Chris Dixon, the co-founder of A16Z, and then two Nobel Prize winners. Like that's the order of operations. How excited I was! So it was it was very cool to get that quote. Uh, it's so fascinating. Uh, probably one of the. I mean, that's an unforgettable moment because, like, for so many reasons, we don't need to get into it. But man, like, I I'm just like while you were talking, I'm running through like my like I consume a lot of the his podcast and everything like and just there's probably a handful of times where people have, you know, off the cuff, asked him a question or like at the end of a meeting, like asked him for a quote for their book. And he just like, to your point, he doesn't do it. Um, so to just in that moment for on this topic with you and your story, like it, it's, I'm so happy for you. Um, so amazing. But yes, uh, we talked about uh, with other guests we've talked, we've, I think we've, the, the best word for it is a vortex. He pulls you into his vortex and like, you're, you're it. Um, and yeah, he's got an uncanny memory. Um, and he's just, he's just one of those special people that, like you said, that has it. Um, so, so pulling back, um, on the timeline, a couple of years going back, like let's, was V friends it for you entering web three? Did you, I mean, you said you were into tech, like how did you enter the space? Yeah, so uh, uh, some context. I'll give you kind of the long-winded. I'm going to take the long run. I'm going to go around the whole block instead of walking straight up the driveway okay. here on this one, uh, if it's cool. Um, so, like, my background, like, I actually was – when I was in uh, sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, I started coding websites. And I, I'm 40, so for context, that's like 95, 96, 97 type time frame. And I, there's no – google at that time i'm just figuring out html and it's back in the day when like you know write a bu bunch of code and then like if i have a line that's broken the whole website breaks and if my sister gets a phone call it kicks me offline because it's all through the phone line and all this good stuff and as i was building those websites i would have teachers and adults and other people sell say like this is a cool hobby it's really cool you're into this but you need to figure out like what you're going to do with your life because this isn't like a job this is a hobby right this is like this fad or this sort of like niche thing and of course the internet ended up being not a very niche thing but that was sort of where we were at that time same story you know social media facebook in 2004 you know wasting your time nobody cares about poking people but i always thought it was a cool way to connect like the first person who had added me as a friend on facebook was actually i didn't even tell my wife who i was dating at the time that i'd started up a facebook account and my um friend from seventh grade who had moved away added me as a friend and it was like oh charles like and that moment it clicked to me i'm like this is what this is like i knew and again i listened to a lot of people who were like look like you're wasting your time and so whatever didn't do anything with it twitter in 2009 very much 2008 2009 time frame very much the same story when the plane landed on the hudson i kept telling people you know a plane landed on a river and the first reports weren't from news helicopters they were from twitter with mm -hmm. people yeah. posting images right i'm like this is a seminal moment in communications again 
Steve, nobody cares what you ate for breakfast. You know, last kind of, you know, leg of this story goes into 2018, 2017, 18. I got into crypto. And my team that I was managing at the time will, will tell you this. On my office whiteboard, I used to whiteboard what Bitcoin was, what Ethereum was, and why I thought Ethereum and smart contracts in 2018 were like this amazing futuristic things that businesses could build upon. And, you know, like my poor team, God bless them for listening to me. But like at the end of the day, like a lot of people said, like I didn't have a Twitter or a crew and people would be like, crypto's a scam. And when the market crashed, I believed them, right? It all pulled back and I was like, I was wrong again. So then flash forward. 2021, I find MBA Top Shot, which is built on flow. But like, as I'm Googling through what, you know, an NFT is, because someone's like, this is an NFT. And it's like non-fungible token. I'm like, what does that even jargon even mean? And I Google it and it's like, oh, okay. So wait a minute. This is, and obviously it's built on flow, but I was like, NFTs are like on the Ethereum blockchain. I'm like, so this is the thing built on the thing, crypto, built on the thing, the internet that I was obsessed with. And I've been right every single time to be early and it's not that i'm like smart it's just i'm a tech nerd i get interested in it right mm -hmm. like i used to play multi-user dimensions which is dungeons and dragons online and code zones right which is all text and like i'm like just into it and so here i am like okay so i decided at that moment in like early 2021 i'm gonna learn everything i can about these so did some top shot did some wax um ultimately um uh, the first NFT I minted was a Artblocks Galaxis when I was listening to a Kevin Rose podcast with 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 Snowfro, and I just wanted to learn everything I could. Nine months later, I co-authored the first Harvard Business Review article about NFTs. Three months after that, I quit my job to go full-time Web3, and, and I've never looked back, and it was like this moment in time where I'm like, I've built this corporate career, and, you know, hearkening back to sort of lessons from Gary, you know, I had this thought in my head. I'm like, the real world will be here when I get back. If I try this thing, I have built up enough of a career that even if I have to take a step back, even if I have to do a job that's not a leadership position at Nestle where I was when I quit or a leadership position at Progressive where I was prior to that, I'm still going to be able to get a job because I've built enough equity there. So why not swing the bat? I've been saving money for years. That's what you do it for. That's what the money's there for. And I went for it. And, um, you know, so far it's been the most wild and difficult ride yet most rewarding ride I've, I've ever been on in my life and i mean you you mentioned november 2021 you published the article which feels like a trillion years ago uh, in this in this space um what give us the the quick cliff notes on the origin of that how did you meet how do you meet mr commoners and and all of the above so scott commoners and i What's crazy, we wrote this book. We have never met in person. We met in a Twitter space. Web3, uh, baby. A sub that we end the book with a story about how we are the quintessential Web3 story because we met in a subduct Twitter space called What's Quacking. He was talking on stage about how like this guy bread and his um his memes were part of an overall economy. And I was like, this guy is my type of person. I love this nerd talk. So we started DMing. We became friends. We would DM here and there. And then actually the night before NFT NYC in um, 2021, 20, uh, I've only I've actually only told this story a few times too. It's kind of a crazy one. Before NFT NYC in 2021, he said to me, like, look, Steve, I got the approval to write the first Harvard Business Review article about NFTs. And apparently he was nervous to ask me, which is hilarious because I couldn't say yes quick enough. But he was like, look, like, I know you're going to NFT NYC. This needs to be done this week. You're going to be meeting friends who you only know by, you know, zoo animal profile pictures for the first time in person. He's like, so I get it. And I just stopped him. I'm like, Scott, I will do whatever it takes to do this thing. Um, and I just basically said like, look. And so I, I probably wrote the first three pages that night. 
And at NFT NYC, I'm going out until three in the morning at like Dead Mouse concerts at like, you know, marquee with my friends, coming back to my room, you know, sober because I've been like very careful about this stuff. Editing and writing an article, waking up in the morning, going back to my room, going back and forth and like putting in like an immense amount of work. And by the end of the week, we had an article, which, by the way, holds up. And, and, and at the end of the day, like, like it's with the coolest thing was that like both Web3 were stoked about it because they're like, hey, Harvard Business Review is talking about us. And then the non-traditional people who were outside of Web3 were like, hey, this actually makes sense and is the biggest thing that's explained to us what NFTs are and why they're right. not just like funky pictures on the internet. And that moment was like such a proud moment and such a watershed moment for me to be like, wow, like I just did something that was like a life goal. Harvard Business Review is like what they used to bring to my company to say like, read this and then we're gonna go do an offsite training. And here I was writing one about a subject I'm passionate about. So. Um, meeting Scott was awesome. And then that was just the coolest like thing. And like I said, we still have not met in person to this day. We wrote a 250 page book. I love that. So, um, and I'll link it up too. So, but if you're listening, it, it was called how NFTs create value published November 10th, 2021 Harvard business review. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to the space cause I, I was, I was brought in through the V friends, uh, of May in May of 2021. I was part of that, that Gary, uh, you know, just just flooding into the space, you know, getting introduced. But, you know, in my background is elementary education. And I just remember thinking back to those days, like people would be really surprised to find out how little basic education there was on just like everything. It was all like, hey, it was happening so fast and people were caught up in the arbitrage and the financials of it all. But, you know, to, to have something, and this didn't hit my radar then, but the the resources that fundamentally broke things down for you were just few and far between back then. Now there's, there's a good, um, you know, and you can debate quality all day, but um, there, there's a lot more at our hands now a few years later, but you know, to, and I, I looked at the, the article and I can't wait to dive into the book. Like, um, you know, kudos to you for, for getting in, just breaking it down uh, in, you know, a language that the common man could understand. No, I appreciate you saying that. First of all, on the front end, when you mentioned the Gary thing, Gary, it's crazy to me that despite his profile, he does not get nearly enough credit that outside of NBA Top Shot and maybe beyond NBA Top Shot, he onboarded more people into this world than anybody. Like NBA Top Shot, obviously credit card, all that stuff. The amount of work he did when the tech barrier was so high to get people in to set up a MetaMask and know what a seed phrase is and understand, it is like remarkable. I remember in June of 2021 at one point, because by the way, I owned a VFriend before I owned a Bored Ape. I actually almost didn't have a Bored Ape because I was saving my ETH to get a VFriend, uh, a rare Brave Bison, which I still have to got to this day. And I actually bought it specifically because I wanted to, I, I looked at all the characters, all the reasons, and I bought the Brave Bison because I wanted to remind myself that I've sort of lived my life in a way where I listened to other people and I wasn't very brave. I played it safe and I bought it. And I remember buying it. And I, I have a tweet from back then to say, like, this is a reminder that I need to swing the bat. Did not know that that reminder would actually be in the form of, like, leaving my job and getting really crazy like that. But, like... I don't think Gary gets enough credit for that sort of thing of how many people onboard. And I remember seeing the study. I, it might have been NFT stats at the time. Might have been it might have been Zeneca actually when he was still doing the stats, where 
the amount of crossover between like gutter cats and board apes is almost a perfect circle. And you know, alien boy and board apes is almost D friends was its own thing because Gary brought so many people in the space. And that's why the community is so unique because it's such a wonderful group of people with core values tied to the best traits in the world. And I, and I just think that's something that like, I don't understand why the respect isn't given to somebody who brought so many people into the space. Yeah. And I think, you know, for someone in your position, especially because you, you sit at, you know, the as a host of one of the most well-known well-respected daily shows and congratulations what you just eclipsed five how many days 500 something I th yeah like we're like 528 straight week birthdays you know whatever either me or chris has been there for every single show since uh december of 2021 every week doesn't matter if it was a holiday christmas new year's we've all we've been there for that many straight yeah uh amazing and if you're listening it's coffee with captain and, you know, I, I had my era where I I drank the juice, I, I followed through, and I left my 9 to 5 to do the Web3 thing. Uh, fast forward a lot, you know, with the market and a lot of the stuff that dried up, I went back. But Coffee with Captain was part of my, like many people in the space, just what you did. You know, you, you just – it was your morning routine. So um, I, I say that um, – a, to congratulate you on, on, you know, bringing such value to the space uh, for s such a consistent time. But, you know, you deal with, with everyone, like everything hits your radar. So, you know, I'm going to almost turn that back on you. Like, it wasn't like VFriends, yes, VFriends is its own ecosystem. And, you know, there's, I can't remember, but like, there's so many people that own just a VFriend um, and no other NFTs. Why do you think it's not like it the the floor was always low? I think you know in its heyday probably hit fifteen, sixteen, seventeen floor when ETH was jamming. Why do you think it didn't get the respect? I think that as a project, I think like honestly, I think that people were very PVP then, and I also think that because of who was coming in, these were people who were very web two fans of Gary Vaynerchuk coming to become a part of a new thing. And I'll be honest, like the crypto and NFT space, I I've had this discussion a lot with people and I have been hard stance on this and it's not the most popular thing where, you know, at the time we said wag me a lot, but mm. a lot of people didn't mean all in wag me. And like, it's like, I'll give you an example. Pepsi comes in, does a free mint with no royalties, and people start trolling them and talking about, like, cash grab and this and the other. I'm like, it was free. They're not making money off it. They're learning about the technology, and you are scaring them out. And I think for a lot of people, they probably looked at someone like a Gary, and they're like, look, this guy has all these other things he's doing, and there's probably an element of that. There's probably an element of, like, the everyday nature of people who are coming into vFriends. Because even when I still go to vFriends, I still meet people who say... I'm not super into NFTs. I, I I like Gary. I'm into V Friends. I'm into I'm into this community. And so I think that there's probably was an obnoxious PvP thing at the time where people didn't necessarily look at it that way, and they were too into their you know board apes versus gutter cats versus this versus that. And I've never been like that. I am always someone who has said everyone's welcome to eat at my table. Like I am community agnostic, and I see it as like I I, I do, I've never understood. It's okay, like. 
But I'm like that as a sports fan. It's okay to be a sports fan of my own team, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be downright nasty to someone who's a sports fan of another team. And I think a lot of people are that way in the Web3 space. And so, at least to me, like, that's my guess. But I don't know. Like, it's a very strange phenomenon to me that people don't see it because of how, how many people onboarded into this world. It is. It's, it's just one of those fascinating things that I'm, you know, I'm still trying to piece together through so many conversations. And, you know, there's two blocks of small windows of time that I'm very interested in as, as far as documenting conversations. And, you know, especially when I get the chance to talk to him, one is the, uh, what I call the Malibu era when he actually made the characters, when he got the house with everyone and made up all the characters and really, um, you know, ideated everything. The other is the blocks of time, the couple of weeks where he got on the phone with the Logan Pauls and he got on his crypto punk tour. Um, because I mean, that's what, that's what started it. And I think, you know, to your point, we could run around in circles talking about the same thing, different ways, but like he brought in a lot of people and put a lot of eyeballs on this similar to what he did with cards, sports cards the year before. So um, it, it is a fascinating thing. And I think, you know, V friends is kind of, Oh, since 21 and early 22, we've, they've kind of, and you see this with, with VCon and how they brand it and just how they brand the IP. They're going away from the Web3 thing, even though they're still doing uh, uh, amazing things in the tech with their Me.V friends and the eruptions and all of that. Um, but I, I think it, it is becoming its own thing. It has become its own thing. Uh, and, and maybe it always was. Yeah, I think, I think it's an astute observation. And I think, um, yeah, to your point, like, now we see what's happening with the card. You know what? Actually, though, it's funny. I kind of love that for V friends, to be honest. Like, because I always have a good time at VCon. I love the people and the vibe and the kindness that's there and the tone that's set, right? And I love the fact that I can go to, like, a compete and collect tournament, just hang. Like, people, like, I went there. I went to a compete and collect tournament in New York in, like, October or something. Had no idea how to play. Everybody couldn't have been kinder or more welcoming. Like it, it was like, I don't know. It's like it's like this feeling that you get. That's like, it, it, it's so welcoming and warm and and everything. So I, I guess to me, it's like, and of course, like Ron Jordan's there, so he's like somebody I know and, and really well or whatever. But like, you know, it's it's like seeing that world unfold with like you know the Josh Courage's of the world, the uh, you know Teachers, what what Chelsea's doing, obviously what you're doing. It's like that is really cool to watch and like. It's like almost like Gary with wine back in the day where I've never been a card person and I'm interested in what's going on because of mm. people like yourself and Chelsea and, and Teaser and, and all the, and the whole crew. Right. And, and so that that makes me it fills me with joy. It's almost like I'm glad it's his own thing because you know what? Like V friends have this and they don't need to be anybody else except for V friends. I, yep. I love it. And even me being so close to it. And I, you know, I bleed V friends. I didn't even get into the cards until the last night of, of VCon 22 this past or 23 this past VCon when they did that card night uh, and they, I saw the Uno thing and like I was watching everyone rip boxes in person and the, the trade like you just feel it like, and I was like all right like now, now I get this yeah, um, when you it's attach cool. the community it, to it speaking speaking of VCon um, and we'll get to the your community stage in a second but you know being who you are you know you have a lot of relationships in in many many projects people of of all you know niches of web3 did and i i noticed a lot of people 
from other projects there both years. Um, you know, did you sense that they shared the same thoughts as you as this is just different? Like I, I've been NFT NYC. I've been, you know, I've, I've been to my fair share of, of NFT Web3 events and it, it is different. Do you get that same vibe when you're talking to having conversations with people that are like, all right, maybe there is something to this? Yeah, everyone, everyone I talk to, it doesn't matter what community you talk to, VCon hits different. It's just, and it's not, it's because of the way it's curated. It's like, you're talking, well, first of all, the people there, again, like the tone is set for kindness based on the people that are there. Everybody, like I've never had a bad experience with a person in VCon. But like, the way that they set the conference up, it is like, I said it the first year, it was, I've been to a lot of conferences, marketing, communications, whatever, it is the single best conference that I have ever been to because when I go to other conferences, I feel like people are always trying to extract value from me or vice versa. Or they're looking for like, what's their angle. They're looking past me for someone more important to talk to. And, or they're like talking to me and they're like, Hey, like, you know, Oh, you work for, you work for Nestle. That's cool. Like, let me try to sell you something like, or let, you know, here's my business card. We should talk at VCon. It's just like, I feel like everyone genuinely just wants to vibe. And like, so that's the people and then you actually talk about the stages. It's one of the only conferences where you feel like you must go to stages to see all, like my schedule is packed because I want, I can't be two places at once and I want to be because the main stage always has some big heavy hitter on because Gary calls in favors from all those people he knows, right? Or, or gets them over there. Yeah. And then the side stages are always like friends or people I know or people with really interesting topics or art. And it's this convergence of like culture, entrepreneurship and business and tech like in one area that it's like to me it's also like you know disneyland in the sense that those are like my favorite things so it's like it's right. kind of also like sort of all my favorite things where it's like i'm i'm a very anyone will tell you like kindness and empathy are just things i've always had my whole life like it's just something that's been embedded in me like even before like the it's like i've just always been like that so being around people like that's awesome but then you stack that with like business and tech and entrepreneurship and i'm like I mean, it's, it's like, it's like my, it's like a conference that's custom built for me. Like you couldn't buy in a better one. So I, I'm sort of a, like opinion of one, but from a biased perspective, it's, it's the, my favorite thing I look forward to going to every year now. It, it, it does hit different. And I, I get so, I get so interested in seeing the, seeing the community through other people's eyes. Uh, I bumped into Ashley Decan at, at the card night and like, I, like I couldn't stop asking her like about like how her time was um, just because like, you know, just people that are experiencing for the first time and it gets me excited all over again. Um, so amazing. So uh, May 18th, 2023 opening day of, of VCon two VCon 2023. They have something for the first time ever called the community stage many people from the community of with different backgrounds, different professions, uh, different skill sets are, are asked to speak and you are one of them. Let's that's that's where the story ends for, for now. Talk to me about when you first found out you were going to do it. Yeah. So it was really cool. Like this is also a good example of the evolution of a project and how listening to your community matters. So VCon one, incredible right like again best conference i've ever been to but the feedback i heard from people on ground was like man you know this was awesome and i loved it but i would have loved to hear more from the community and what do they do next year 
they go and they wrap a whole community stage, which, by the way, no cheap feat to put out a Visa community stage on the water with this whole mm. field day, right? Get everyone together and, you know, change the way they did things. And by the way, made it a highlight, right? They had this, like, setup for people to sit. It wasn't like, like, in year one, there was a stage, but, like, the stage was sort of, like, hard and crowded to get to, and things were sort right. of around the, around the sort of the, you know, outsides. They made it so it was like, here's the food trucks, Here's the areas you can play in. Community stage is back here. And it was like packed, wire to wire, maybe director community, but amazing. Head of community, I think. Is, the is it head of community? Yeah. Official, yeah. So Daniel is like, I, I had a call with him the other day just to catch up. And it's like, I can't explain it. There's an energy you get from somebody when you talk to them and when you see them in person and things like that. Like we have an energy right now. Like I feel your energy is so positive. Like I just, I have that vibe. And when I talk to Daniel, it's like this positive vibe and so he sends the email, we get on the phone, and, like, I couldn't have been more of a um, just, like, like student about this, right? So we have a call. I'm paying attention. I'm contributing to the call. We break out. I'm with my friend. You know, I, I met Laptop Laura for the first time. She was on my panel. Yeah. Melina, Girl in the Verse, is another content creator. She's a friend of mine that go, we go way back. Um, So, like, you know, as far as crypto space goes. So, you know, for her, like, you know, I was on stage with her, and we broke out, and Jeremy was moderating. Jeremy's my friend. So it was, like... The coolest thing. So, like, here I am. Laptop Laura couldn't be nicer. On stage with, like, Melina, who's my friend, and Jeremy, who's my friend. And, like, I don't know. It was, like, this moment where, like, you find out, and I just felt, like, this is going to sound very corny and very basic, this overwhelming sense of gratitude. Because I was, like, this is something where – I had this conversation with my friends at the time. where, And you're almost bringing me back there by asking the question. Because a lot of people ask about it, but they don't kind of ask that feeling you had. And the feeling I had was like, this is somebody who has fundamentally changed my life and I'm speaking on a stage. These are people who are my friends and we're doing it together. And it was just like one of those, again, like milestone moments where like you have, you know, I, I sometimes describe entrepreneurship as being just like, it's like this crazy roller coaster. It's like, you know, like I, I always describe it as like white knuckling through the mountains and then suddenly you come out of the mountains and there's a beautiful city, like whatever. It's like, you know, you're white knuckling. I actually did this. I drove through Montana in the winter, like almost skidding off mountain roads with no barriers. And then suddenly I was in Coeur d'Alene and it was beautiful, Idaho. And you're like, there's water and lights and people. And it's almost like there's the, the entrepreneurship is like, feel like 90% white knuckling through the mountains of Montana. And like 10% Coeur d'Alene. And mm -hmm. like that was like VCon stage, that moment, that whole moment in time. That's like one of those 10% moments when you're like, this is like, I can't believe this is my this is happening. Just like milestone, like life moment. Uh so so awesome. And um, yeah, and I'm just being taken back there now. Like, what a beautiful backdrop that was. I mean, you mentioned the water, but um, you know, if if you didn't if you weren't privileged enough to to be there, take, you know. Google or, or look up on Twitter or Instagram, you know, VCon or VCon community stage. It was just gorgeous. What, what a, a scene they did set up. Um, and I thought they really, there was a lot of, you know, being in the, the Twitter spaces and things, obviously a lot of people were disappointed in the community that they didn't get selected, but, and there was a lot of confusion as like, all right, well, like, who is this person? Who's this person? And I, I, you know, I just, the way I'm wired, I like to, you know, before I start saying things, I wouldn't, probably wouldn't even think that anyway, but I just do a double click into some of the people that they selected. And right away I was like, Oh, like, obviously I knew a lot of them. A lot of people are, you know, uh, very public facing like yourself. Um, but like, man, I, I thought they did 
a great job um, of, of selecting it, giving people a lot of value, a lot of real uh, life experiences in the space and business everywhere. Um, so I, I think it was a, a great honor to have for year one. But man, what what a nice cast to be a part of. Yeah, it was cool. It, it, and, and real quick on that, it's like that's like a big lesson. I love that you said that because I think a lot of people like see other people's wins as their losses. And it's not mm. like when I see people get a speaking opportunity or I see someone, I'm never like, why that person? I'm like, congrats to that person. Like, good for them. And I think your attitude about it is very healthy. And I think that's the like that's the best way to look at it is be happy for your friends. Be happy for people that you maybe don't even know to say, like, they probably did something right to get there. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and shout out to Daniel, um, who was one of my favorite conversations on this. I had him on a few episodes ago. What a great guy, great story. But that must have been in of itself. I'm sure he had a couple of the guys and gals helping him. But man, to to narrow down what was probably hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, um, to, to that few, couldn't have been an easy task. So, you know, w- with that, well, just a fun question. What do you think? I mean, what do you, we're only, uh, you know, seven months away now. What what do you, what are you pontificating for VCon 3? Uh, LA, LA Live. Um, you, do you have any predictions, thoughts? It's kind of set up a little bit different. What's your, what's your quick hot take? Honestly, like I have no hot take on it. I am like very, which is so, so boring. And I know, but like, it's one of those things where like, I have seen, like I saw VCon 1 incredible and i like i said best conference i'd been to then i saw them improve upon vcon one community stage the way the field day was set up the way the stadium was set up the way that they gave you the map the way that they weighed the workflow so you get into the stadium quicker so there weren't lines i saw all those things in vcon two the way they set up the vendor village the way they set up the sort of village of like you know the stages i'm like okay this was incredible so my my like probably not hot take but my honest opinion is It'll probably be the best VCon yet because each time they've taken feedback and learnings and iterations and made it better. So I have to imagine we're going to see that again. So as much as that's kind of like a boring kind of like, you know, like like mid-take, like I just think that they're, it'll be the best VCon that we've seen because it's the third year. It's the culmination. It's the final promised VCon, right? And I just think it's going to absolutely bang. So to me, it's like... I just see them taking the improvements from last time, whatever feedback, listening, and making those changes because that's what they've done in the first year. Mm, yeah. I mean, the, the leap, not to be too redundant from what you said, but, man, the leap from one to two was huge. So I'm, I'm tr- trying to keep my expectations in check. But, boy, like, and they're on it, too. Um, I remember the first time I ever met D-Rock was the last day of VCon 1, and I was just – talking with him and he was talking about how they were meeting the next morning to plan vcon 2 like all day uh so like they're they're on it so um really excited for that uh, um it you know i'm sure we'll we'll get those teaser trailers and and you know guest speaker uh posters coming soon before before we head into kind of my, my last couple of regular segments I, i'd be remiss if i didn't bring up uh odyssey uh so starbucks odyssey you know one of the the colossal brands of our time uh enters web3 and i i have to be totally honest like i i got my account you know i I did the whole thing but i have not really like i have no idea what's going on but i know it was very long time coming 
there's a lot of chatter about it, you know, such a huge brand getting in. And I feel like, um, I feel like I would just love to hear from you uh, being, uh, you know, what is your official title community? A uh, community lead. Yeah. Community lead for Starbucks Odyssey. Like, I mean, it doesn't get bigger than Starbucks. I mean, Apple and Starbucks, like what two brands are bigger right now. Um, so if I would love to hear the the state of the union on that, what, you know, how, how you got in, why you're so um, attracted to that project, you know, wherever you want to take that. Um, but I, w- I would love to hear you uh, just jam on that for a sec. Oh, absolutely. It's I'm glad you asked about this. I First of all, I was a Starbucks fan before Starbucks Odyssey. I was a Starbucks fan for years. I mean, my family is a Starbucks family. We get in the car, we sing songs, we listen to music, we come to the drive-thru, we order our food, we get it back, we get a pup cup for the dog, like the whole nine yards. We're, we are a Starbucks family. Not all the time. We're not rich, but sometimes, but like, you know, weekends, like, one of my activities is like my if the whole family's sleeping, my daughter and I, she sits when she wasn't supposed to, we'd let her sit up front occasionally, right? It's like or like she's just big enough to Amazing. do it with a booster. Like and we go and we drive and we listen to music and talk and, and talk about the week and get Starbucks. So like it's a it's it's a it's a place it's a, a brand I love. So for background on the Starbucks Odyssey program, um the way it came to fruition is so I, I became friends with a guy. Uh, two people actually in the space by the name of Joe O'Rourke and Adam Brotman. Joe O'Rourke, bunch of bets on Twitter, um, is somebody that I just met. We we co-founded a media company together. We just we just get along. We've become like lifelong friends, like through NFTs when we met, right? And we we're another ones who like we didn't meet in person until 2021, and we were you know all the way for months like great friends. Um, Joe and Adam. So Adam became friends when I knew him as like this board ape behind like a profile picture. I had no idea that Adam used to be the chief digital officer of Starbucks. He helped architect their initial loyalty program. So like here he was this web three nerd and he architected, he was the first, he was chief digital officer. He tells the story when he was embarrassed to say he was chief digital officer to his friends and family, because it was a title, just like a lot of people now who are saying I'm head of community or just like 10 years ago when people say I was a social media strategist, people are like, right. what does that even do? Right? So he was chief digital officer for Starbucks when they were coming out with like the app and all that and the loyalty program. And so he's close personal friends with Howard Schultz. And so I didn't know this. I just became friends with him because we were like joining Pixel Vault together and stuff and degening and talking about all these things. And then I find this out. I'm like, Adam, that's really impressive. And he's like, oh, no, it's cool, whatever. And so Adam and Joe are also friends, and they co-founded a company called Forum 3 with Andy Sachs, sort of a Web 2 uh, you know, VC, a Web 1 entrepreneur, and then brought in Morgan, our other friend, who is she's like uh, just a brilliant, uh, just a brilliant person with a paralegal background, but has a ton of other uh, skills in her toolbox. So they put together Forum Three, and Adam goes and convinces Howard Schultz pretty quickly because Howard Schultz is a smart guy. You can do Web Three loyalty rewards with this Web Three Rails, and and Howard's like, sure, cool, okay, let's do it. So he commits to doing it. They onboard. Joe, Morgan, Adam, you know, Andy, they architect this program called Starbucks Odyssey, work with Starbucks on it, who is, couldn't be better about it. More So tech forward, so understanding, listen mm-hmm. to our counsel, very good at knowing what they know, loyalty, they do it the best in the world. You know, their loyalty program would be like one of the, I think it's like there's some stat, I forget what it is, but Starbucks would be like one of the biggest banks in the world based yeah, on how much money's in there. And like, that, yeah. so they're, they're like, they're crushing that. 
So they're good about knowing what they know and what they don't. And they brought me in to basically be the cruise director. So I help uh, do community strategy. I help, you know, run events. I get to interview people like the inventor of the pumpkin spice latte or the person who does the holiday cups. Or we brought in Vinny Hager. We brought in, you know, Ryan Wyatt uh, when he was the um, president of Polygon. Like people like yeah. that who I get to bring into the Discord and run trivia nights. Um, but the program itself, just to give you a, a taste of it, like – so they just issued what was called like sort of a – I forget what the stamp was called. It was actually like based on your first full year of activity. And what we found based on the number of stamps that were issued is that where there were 58,000 active members in Starbucks Odyssey last year. And they haven't even turned the lights on yet. It was a beta program. It's an inaugural year. Right. So you compare that to any other place where there's like what? Like I don't know, like 5,000 bored apes? Like that's a massive number. You have to imagine the vast majority of those people are not Web3 native. So they're using a program where my 68-year-old mom can use it, have no idea she's using Web3, but it enables a better brand of loyalty. So to me, like the program itself is brilliant in how it's architected, and they're taking learnings and improvements. But the coolest part about working on it that I'll say is like I get to learn from the most brilliant loyalty people on the planet I, and they listen to me about web3 stuff right but like i sit there and i'll say like why would we not do this and there's been things they've asked me about and then i've responded and been like wow like actually now that you say that like you're right because you know the loyalty aspect of it yeah. and it would never work the way i think it should work so like that's been one of the coolest parts about doing it that's fascinating that that's i mean that's so cool that you've had such a, a front row seat with those I mean, just real trailblazers in that sense, because yeah, like, you know, you said it, like no one does loyalty like them. Uh, and those numbers are, are crazy. And just, I mean, you know, we're right off the, the, the crazy pink Stanley cup, you know, I'm just, that was just all over my feet of people going nuts for these cups. Um, Starbucks is, you know, mug life. I mean, you know, you could go anywhere over Starbucks. Like it's just one of these colossal brands. Um, and I just remember, uh, you know, just the anticipation for them being in, uh, you know, coming to Web3. And it's it's just one of these, you know, we're going to wake up in in three months, three years, whatever. And everyone is going to be to be onboarded through Starbucks, or at least that's a theory um, without knowing it. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. That's that's really fascinating. So. It, you know, when you're in the community, you're not even getting, you're, you're not talking about any tech, like you're not, like you're not doing Web3 safety. Right. No, no, no. It, and that's it. It's because it's so custodial that it's like, yeah. you know, that's it's like awesome. everybody's just hanging out and talking about coffee and posting pictures of their dogs and their cups and their <laughs> drinks. And they talk about the journeys and we do talk about some of like, there's a section that we, we actually created a section called market talk because people are talking about like floors and stuff. And we're like, why don't we move this here so we can keep general this way. But I mean, like it really is like a, like people have become friends who are at different parts of the country who never would have otherwise met who just love Starbucks, like people who collect cups and you've seen them become super fans. We're an entire group as a site called OdysseyTips.com where they like, capture the latest info and give tips on what to do and have like graphics that they made that Starbucks has certain legal and regulatory restrictions that say Odyssey tips doesn't. And so it's just like cool watching that stuff unfold and being like, wow, they are turning people who are fans of Starbucks into effectively, again, sports fans of Starbucks where it's like, this is now their favorite sports team. They're rooting for Starbucks. They're rooting for Odyssey and in a genuine way that has two way value. So it's very cool. Uh, yeah. So I, 
my I'm gonna make a, a vow to get more serious about my Odyssey account and uh, because like I'll, I'll go and not even like you know not even update the app and do all the stuff to get it. So um, selfishly, uh, I'm gonna put that out there and and, and do it. Um, and and I'll see you in, I'll see you in the the Discord. Um, amazing. So you you touched on community. It's it was one of those buzzwords that everyone threw on their roadmap in, in 21. Um, you know, almost mandatory to, to put it there. You know without really uh, totally understanding Gary, one of my favorite Gary quotes is that, uh, that V friends is a community in a sea of non-communities. So I'll, I'll ask you and as a community lead yourself, what does that word community mean to you? To me, community is something that maps back to identity. So to me, like if you like any community you're a part of has to tie back to identity. And if not, and the reason why there's so many fake communities is because there's no real identity there. So, you know, the reason the Bored Apes took off is because Bored Apes became a community of people because they had identity tied to this brand and they saw themselves as it. You know, the reason Pudgy Penguins, I mean, what's the Pudgy Penguin line from Moose? I am my penguin and my penguin is me. What's happening? They are absolutely skyrocketing because they have a genuine community that celebrates it. And to me, community is, so, is a group that celebrates victories again i keep using the sports analogy but it's so apropos when your favorite sports team wins you don't say like what's the floor of my sports team you don't say like oh mm -hmm. my god they released a championship t-shirt when the denver nuggets won the championship what a cash grab you say i want that t-shirt because i care about my team and you talk about like the things they do that is what a community does a community goes on streams and rips open packs and celebrates when they pull a Gary originally owned or a one of one or a foil car. Like that is what a community does. Right. And so to me, community is a, it, it's hard to define, but it has to tie back to identity to begin with, where you have to have a true identity and say, I am part of this. Like if I am, if runners are a good example, Jeep people, you want to Jeep people, Jeep people love their Jeeps. They're Jeep people. They have an identity tied to their Jeep. So they see another Jeep person, they beep, they wave, they give a little, you know, motorcyclists, they give the little peace sign when they go by. Why? Because yeah. they have identity and they know that's part of their community. Web3 is no different. It just supercharges that because you have the ability to put a piece of programmable software that you can add utility to, which can then speak to your community. Because like, look, what does the VFriends community want as much as anything? They want access to Gary and all these great speakers. So what do you have? A utility token that programs as a ticket that gets you into VCon. Boom. That's utility that makes sense for the identity of the community. And then they get together and you fan the flames. And then they, if you have an identity, if you can create solid identity around a brand, whatever that brand is, whether it's a Jeep person or a V friend, and then you can find ways to fan the flames, the community will do the work for you. It's why Board Ape Yacht Club right now, you know, it's, it's January of 2024. And people said they lost the plot because they weren't as community focused. And they said, we're going to focus community again. They made a, couple of announcements in like the past week related to like community everybody's doing it like uh, everybody's back in it they, they set up an event the community takes hold so to me community is a direct tie into identity and it is the job of the leaders in the community to fan the flames of that community and that identity and then they will do the work for you and become the most powerful decentralized marketing arm just like a sports team just like a disney fan just like a jeep owner it's the same thing Jeez, Steve, that that could be my favorite answer of all time. Um, just bars, man. Wow. Um, wow. So what makes the friends different in your eyes? 
I mean, VFriends is different for a couple of reasons. I think a lot of times communities will take on the personality of their leader, right? Like you follow the leader. Um, so when community leaders are not very nice, then you have a community that's not very nice, right? Like there's there's fans, sports fan bases. I won't say who they are because I don't want to get anyone mad at me who have reputations for not being the nicest. Why? Because the people who lead them aren't the nicest. Like if you look at, I mean, I'll, I'll take the easy shot, right? Like I, my whole family's from New York. New York fans aren't the nicest. Their sports talk radio people aren't the nicest. The people who lead them are the nicest. People who talk, so they follow suit, right? What do you have in V Friends? You have someone in Gary who is kind, empathetic, understanding, makes time. You have people like Jeremy who he's hired. You have people like Daniel on that team. You have people like Andy leading that team. You have a group of people who are community leaders. And then you have, then what does that do? That inspires decentralized leaders like yourself, like Chelsea, like, you know, like, like Josh Courage, like all the people in V Friends who, like Cats, right? Like Cats is like the nicest person. It's like you have these people who become leaders in the community who follow that. So what makes V Friends different to me is that it starts at the top. Culture starts at the top and I'm a big believer in that Peter Drucker quote that culture eats strategy for breakfast all day. And so to uh -huh. me, culture starts at the top. You know, I, I remember when I was at Progressive, one of the best things for culture is our CEO, total hero of mine, Trisha Griffith. She was the nicest person. She made time. People would be like, hey, Trisha, it's my 20-year anniversary at Progressive. You should come. It's going to be this Thursday. And she's like, yes, yeah, send me a calendar invite. And people would be like, okay, sure. And then she'd show up, right? That's leadership. That's everyday leadership. And that culture, like... When I would when I would send an email to Trisha, she would respond her. Like even since I left Progressive, I've told her how much she impacted my life and I've emailed her and she responds within like 10 minutes. And my thought is like, okay, if the person at the top can respond to me in 10 minutes and remember that context and show me that kindness, I better follow suit with that because if she can do it, I can certainly do it. And so I think what makes VFriends different is the team does a great job setting the tone. I remember v, v, uh, VCon 1, I'm sure you remember this too, where... People got a little, little bit, little bit out of control when it first started. And Gary goes on the stage and goes, "I'm setting the tone right now. A lot of you talk about kindness, but what I saw in that merch line wasn't very kind. And I'm telling you right now, be kind. Go meet a stranger. Go shake someone's hand. Yeah. What one of my like ethos when I go to Web three events, I tell people, and people have seen me do this. Like, if you see a person, I tell people, like one of my top tips, especially if you have a walking crew, if you see a person who is by themselves standing at a bar or in the corner on their phone. Go introduce yourself, go say hi, go bring them in. Because that person is putting themselves out there. They're at a place that they haven't been. And I've done it, and it's funny because like I've done it multiple times and, and I, I don't like look for credit for those things. And I've had like people with me take pictures and post things about it because they're like, you're not kidding, you actually do this. I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm fortunate that I go to these things with a lot of my friends and I don't want people to feel alone and have a bad experience. And I think that that tone being set by people like Gary and his team then trickles down and by setting that tone, it just makes the community different to me. So that that's the thing that I see in V Friends is that there is this kindness that breeds. I, like last example I'll give because I think it's it's a good example of V Friends. Somebody was like fudding the trading cards in at one point in like the replies, and I saw V Friends. I don't know who was behind the handle. It could have been one of a few people respond and be like, hey, just so you know, appreciate you giving the feedback. A lot of people don't you know quite understand it, but you know your your perspective is not invalid. And the person responded, they're like, well, why don't you tell me more? And they're like, cool, didn't want to be invasive, but let me give you the information. And they explained it. That person bought a – and they offered to send him the card, I think, a card or something like that. But the person bought, like, compete and collect cards, like, the next day and is now, like, a member of the community simply because 
That handle, the Vibrant's handle didn't take offense. They didn't get snarky. They didn't argue. They didn't quote, tweet, and were jerks. They just were like, hey, what'd you say? A lot of people feel this way, and we totally get it. Like, here to talk about it if you ever want to talk about it. They said yes, and they turned a detractor into a member of the community just like that. That is, to me, what sets the tone. So what sets VFriends difference is that tone breathes throughout the entire community. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the Honey Empire it is leaking all over. Um, yeah, and, you know, we saw that. Um, and this, I don't know if this was the same situation, but when when that one-of-one one card was pulled, that black cat, mm. that story infiltrated out into mainstream card uh, media. And those... I mean, those breakers, sports cards, fanatics. I mean, we just talked about New York sports fans. They're they're just not, you know, they're they're not cut from the same cloth. So when they're getting snarky and they're met with that kind of like, people just don't know how to react. It's like they they just got hit in between the nose and like they're trying to figure out what's what. Um, and then when you have someone coming at you like like you just mentioned with the handle, it's just it's like. An, anything else like nothing else they've ever experienced uh so it's fun to see that play out in situation after situation after situation um and speaking of that you know we mentioned the the gary quotes um the blurb on your book earlier but you wrote an amazing tweet um a, a gratitude tweet and I, I i love i love so much of it but the the ending especially i'm just gonna uh grab a li little quote of the end here so this is the, the end of it uh december 18th 2023 needless to say gary andy and v friends have changed my life for the better many times over so to have this quote on the jacket of the book means more to me than i can express in words thank you gary thank you andy thank you v friends whether you know it or not what y'all do unlock something in me and many others to be the best versions of ourselves and that line that last line just strikes a chord because i see it every day uh being so close to this community how everyone just has a almost responsibility to to be the bigger person to take the high road to to lean out and extend that olive branch to someone that may not even deserve it in that in that given time um and i, I think you that was just very very poetic and um obviously an amazing story of him doing that but uh you know your, your words definitely uh stuck out um man this is this is so cool to to jam with someone uh that has so much context of of everything um but but especially gary it's i get i get i nerd out when i talk to someone that was part of the wine library tv era um i would i wish i'm backtracking now but i wish I, I experienced it in real time um real quick steve before we get into our last segment here is there anyone it doesn't have to be the friends um related but is there anyone in, in any of your circles that, you know, there's so many people that are kind, uh, that are usually are very humble, like to keep it close. Is there anyone that you want to blow the whistle on uh, and, and give some roses um, in, in any parts of your life? Ooh, um, I mean, I'm going to go very basic. I mean, like, there's, there's probably like a handful that come to mind, but I'm going to go very basic here. My wife, Mrs. NFT Bark, is the best human being on planet earth i'm sorry everybody else is playing for number two and i know that that sounds very generic but like i have a very big problem with self-worth and self-belief i always have it's a problem that has always been pervasive and i need people in my life who lift me up and i've never met someone who believes in me more than i believe in myself 
the unbelievable ride or die. And, and she's Mrs. NFT Bark on Twitter. People want to follow her. But like, and she's not as active as I am, certainly, because I'm, I mean, no, very few people are. I'm very active on the timeline. I live online. But like, she's like, when I got my first job as a TV news reporter, making $19,000 a year in Yakima, Washington, I was in Columbus, Ohio. My wife was being, you know, uh, basically like becoming, getting ready to become a producer at a station in, you know, market number 32, one of the largest cities in the country, Columbus, Ohio. And I was like, I just got this job. And she's like, okay, well, this is what we want to do. So why don't we throw the cats in the car, drive 3,000 miles, I'll quit my job and we'll make it happen. And, you know, when I decided like, as I'm leading public relations for Nestle food brands. So like, we're talking about DiGiorno, Hot Pockets, Lean Cuisine, you know, Stouffer's, like, you know, their innovation brands, all this stuff. And on an upward track there, great relationship with the VP of comms, all that stuff, like on my way up, right? Leadership position. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to go in full time into this Web3 thing and figure out what's going on here because I've always been in tech. And she's like, yeah, okay, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. And it's like her support throughout this entire time, the amount of times I turned to her and I'm like, I'm ready to get off the roller coaster. I've had enough. Like this is getting like, ah, she's always knows exactly what to say, how to say it. And her support is like, I wish I could describe in words how awesome her support has been because I I literally could not do this without her, especially with my problem of like not believing myself, low self-esteem, never being good. Like I, if I am so much more mean to myself than I would be to a friend, right? And when I look right. at myself in the mirror, I say the wrong things and I, like I've said before, like I'm actually starting to get to the point where I'm working on myself and being like, I'm proud of the thing, certain things I do. Like it's hard for me to say I'm proud of myself. I feel like I'm conceding something or I'm being like a jerk when I say that. And her ability to help me see that and hold up a mirror and be like, you, you know, like you've spoken at Harvard four times in the last, you know, couple of years. And like, that's not something a lot of people do. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, but that's only because I know Scott. Or She's like, you don't get to do this. Like, stop making excuses for yourself being not good enough. And the way she supports me is like something I need personally because I don't have that gravitas or that natural ability or belief in myself. Like, I don't see things as impressive that I do. And she helps me recognize self-worth and, and push forward. And I just wouldn't be able to do it without her. So she, she'd be my shout out for all those reasons. I, I love that. Um, man, it's, it's nice to have a rock. Um, and, you know, just, just knowing that you did 500 or whatever days in a row of that show with a family, like that says a lot about her. For anyone that has a family, uh, just that in of itself speaks volumes of, of her. Um, so hopefully I get to meet her one day. Amazing. And this is a good way to, uh, my, my last question before the quick last segment, do you have three more minutes? Absolutely. As long as, as long as I'm, I'm enjoying the jamming as long as you need. Okay. I, I, you know, sometimes I get sucked in and, and don't even, I'm not even aware of where we are, but, um, I appreciate that. Uh, great segue from my a question. I love to ask people, what character do you think you need to spend more time with? I, ooh, I know you asked this question and I told myself I was going to be prepared and then I wasn't. I, I totally, <laughs> I totally was going to prepare for this and then I got stuck up in the week of, uh, of everything. Um, honestly, like I'm going to say my own character, my Bray Bison, because I spent a lot of time with Bray Bison and yes, it has helped me propel. Like it, it was the thing where, again, you could find the tweets in 2021. I literally said, this will be a reminder of my wall to swing the bat instead of playing it safe but I still have those moments of self-doubt. And so, 
Like, I, I don't need self-aware hair. I'm very self-aware of the things that I, you know, like, need to work on and things that I do well and things that I don't. What I need to do is continue to be more brave. And so I am sort of a brave I'm, – I'm very much the Josh Kurtz. I'm a brave bison maxi. I need to spend more time with uh, brave bison to continue to push myself into, you know – uh, into and the other one I would say actually like let me let me give like a little twist actually I'll say two because I'm thinking about another one right now I need to spend a little more time with the accountable ant actually more so because at least I've played the brave bison but I'm accountable to myself as a father I, I I will always make the time for my kids I'm accountable to myself as a husband that's important to me I'm accountable to my, to my work I am not accountable to myself uh, as far as my my health and fitness in the past few years I used to be. I mean, I was doing, like, if people who drew CrossFit, I was, like, one of those weirdos doing muscle-ups in the gym and butterfly pull-ups and all these things. I am in not as good a shape because the entrepreneurship journey that has been going on the past two to three years, I have not been able to do that. And I actually told myself, I have a set of accountable ant shoes, and I told myself, like, this is the reminder this time to say, be accountable to yourself to be a healthy best version of yourself and the best version of everyone else. So I'm actually going to flip it and say accountable ant. I love that answer. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Um, before we get into the, the last segment, uh, I, I just want to thank you again. I just want to lead with gratitude here. I uh, am an admirer of you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy we, we really got to chop it up because everything I suspected, uh, you, you've definitely validated on the kind of guy you are. So I can't thank it you enough for for taking the time to being on here you are a, a fantastic uh, ambassador for this community uh and i i just can't wait to see uh you know once people get this this book in their hands i i think it's going to be uh to really open people's eyes because we're also in a time uh you know speaking on this be friends thing where a, a lot of people are coming in through the cards and they have no, just no idea and i think this is this is a, a great time in history to get something like this to to really open people's eyes to to what the these tokens mean and and what kind of a world we're going to be living in so um yeah thank you for for all of the above steve and i, I hope this is the first of many chats um so for, for the last segment i call it micro macro spitfire i'm going to throw out a bunch at you you can answer as as is quick and general we call it macro as you want or if you want to take the microscope out and really get into it um that's fine too so here we go um micro macro spitfire with nft bark if you're just getting into v friends right now today who some who is someone that needs to be followed on x immediately uh jeremy jeremy from v friends i think he's the best favorite teacher you had growing up and one reason why uh mr papaleo who is my uh band teacher i was the president of the band i was king of the nerds and uh i absolutely uh that cha he he changed my life by by believing it, similar surgery he believed in me he gave me first trumpet over the, the a quick microscope on it um again i'm telling a lot of stories here i haven't told before so i appreciate your your interview style um i actually my freshman year of of high school i i my, first of all my, when i was in fifth grade uh, you can see pictures. I was I had a cornet. I didn't have a trumpet yet, and I wasn't number one. And I got really competitive and was like, that's not going to happen. And I practiced every night, and I got private lessons, and I worked my tail off. My freshman year, Mr. Papaleo gave me first chair, all the solos, all the everything. The person who was next to me was a senior, and it was the principal's son. So that tells you how much he believed wow. in me and let me have it and all the solos and everything. And that moment in time was a huge confidence builder for me. So Mr. Papaleo, my, my high school band teacher, really helped me become 
in a lot of ways, like like that sense of self-belief and support is invaluable. I love that. Um, I, we already went over the Starbucks thing, but what's brand or influencer artist, whatever, all of the above, if, if they came out tomorrow and released a token, would you have to drop everything and jump on it right away? Ooh, man. It's so funny. All my favorite brands are now web three related. Um, I'm going to miss, I'm trying to think of a person who I really admire because like, I think about the Gary model and is there somebody I really, uh, truly admire in that way? Um, I'm going to say, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm actually going to say the ones that are already in there. I'm going to support my man, Seth Thomas, uh, director of tokenomics at Nike, friend of mine from the on-chain monkey community. I'm going to say it's Nike and I'm already there. Go Seth. All right, let's go. What was your favorite IP as a kid? He as a kid, man, these are, that's a great question. Um, probably I'm going to go, I'm going to go from a certain era of time and say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, secret talent you have that most people don't know. Um, some people know cause I've done it, but like, I think the, the secret talent I probably have that a lot of people aren't, that not as many people are aware of cause I don't do it as much anymore is I can play piano by ear and I've written songs. My, my, my senior year of high school, um, so I write songs and I've never taken lessons, never in my life taken piano lessons. Uh, I actually got my first piano because I was at my friend's house. He was like an all state soccer player who played in college. They were never touching a piano. They had a piano from their aunt. We never had pianos in my house or anything like that. Didn't grow up around it, but like they had a piano that their aunt had like left them like cigarette stains in it and stuff. And they never touched this thing, but I would go over to their house and I would start figuring out and playing songs. And my best friend at the time, they looked at my parents like, do you want this piano? Our son's both play soccer. They're going to college, but they will never touch this thing. So I was in like, you know, like third, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And they gave me the piano and I started writing songs and figuring stuff out. And my senior year of high school, um, my now wife, then girlfriend, um, she, uh, went to a different school and they had this massive talent show, like 300 people. And she knew I was kind of performing this like pop song. But what she didn't know was I wasn't actually performing a pop song. When she came in, it was a lie. My friends went up to her in the crowd, gave her a, a flower, sat next to me on the piano, and I played her a song that I wrote for her. So, oh um, so like that's that's sort of something that I do dabble with that I don't talk about as much. But it's like one of the my favorite things I do is just jam on my piano upstairs. I mean, that's a fantastic thing to just have up your sleeve, ready to go. Um, yeah, if a piano, I mean, if a piano's at a party, if I I don't, I'm not that guy. But if need be, I can bust out, I can bust out some tunes. Oh, I would totally slow roll it all of all of the time. Uh, amazing. Um, favorite piece of physical V Friends memorabilia or merch you have? Ooh, oh man, there's so many to choose from. Um, God, I'm I'm debating. I'm looking behind me because I have a few things. I really like that. I mean. I could I could cheat and say like my my badge from Vcon where I spoke which is kind of true but that that's a that's kind of a crappy answer. Um I pulled a Brave Bison from my Kvitan collect cards but I actually think it's going to be the Squishmallows and the reason being um yeah I think it's going to be the Squishmallows because my daughter is such a fan that we went on and 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 shopped and and got them together and like we each like we each got one so like I think it's the Squishmallows just because it was a moment I got to have with my daughter related to V friends that was just like unforgettable as we were like shopping for these things and getting them and poking around and which one and we're going astronauts. So probably, probably the squish model. It's a really special one. I love that. I love that answer. Uh, bougie hotel or hiking and camping in the woods. 
crap. I love both of those. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say hiking and camping. I'm not. I don't go hiking and camping a ton. I'm a glamper. I don't know if this counts hiking and glamping. I will hike and I will stay at like a, not like super glamp. Like it's got to be a little seedy, but like a, like a cabin that has like maybe like run out of hot water kind of like slower. Like one of the, uh, they, they take cassette tapes in, in the TV that's in the cabin, right? <laughs> they have like a hot tub, but you don't know what's been in there. Like that's, yeah. that's my style. So hiking and glamping, I'm going to modify the question a little bit more than that's Bougie amazing. Hotel. I love that. Favorite concert you've ever been to? Um, shoot, I've been to some bangers. I'm all over the map. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ooh, man, I saw Outcast, uh, Black Alicious and 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 Cody Chestnut and, and the Roots at a stadium outdoors that was like covered, and there was a thunderstorm happening while Outcast was performing. So, it's it, it's it's definitely either that one or my my my. Man, I saw Billy Joel. Like, but probably, probably either that or I saw Boys to Man, Brandy, and Babyface when I was in sixth grade, and that was an absolute heater. So it's either Boys to Men uh, or the or the Outcast, uh, Black Alicious, uh, Roots, Cody Chestnut one. Probably the, that one though, because the thunderstorm while Outcast is performing like bombs over Baghdad, you're just like sitting okay. there locked in, right? Like you didn't like we were completely stone cold sober, and you just felt like you were on drugs. That's amazing. I, that's amazing. Wine, beer, or coffee? Coffee. What, it's election year, what V friend needs to be voted into the White House in 2024? Ooh. I'm going to go with accountable and again. I, I want our country to have some level of accountability to the decisions that we make when we're at the top. So let's go accountable and. Accountable and is the alpha. Uh, would you rather have a two-hour group dinner with Gary, let's say you and nine other people, or a 15-minute one-on-one? 15-minute one-on-one by a mile and a half. Um, the book is the everything token. What do you want people to say, think, feel after they read it? I want – there's sort of these concentric circles when you think about it. Like I want there to be an outskirt of people who say, look, maybe this technology isn't for me, but like I now learned about it. Then I want the next circle in to say, you know what? This technology is actually kind of interesting. You know, let me uh, let me implement it in my company or let me bring a learning thing to my company. Like like my goal, like the biggest goal I have with most audience is that people will pick up this book, read it and say, I want to hand it to a friend and friend, friend and family member or I want to bring it to a work group where we can all read it together or I want to teach it in my class or I want to bring it. Like that's sort of the biggest group that I'd love to take from this is people who take it educationally and share it with people so they can learn about the next iteration of the internet because it's coming whether people like it or not. Technology does not care about your feelings. Um, but then there's like a small subset of me. So one of the coolest stories I have in Web3, again, like sparsely have told this story, but like, and I think he'll be okay with me telling it, is my buddy, um, my buddy Jbrush. He's big in the on-chain monkey community. He has like their top membership, like one of the few people with their top membership. Jbrush discovered NFTs because he read my Harvard Business Review article. After reading my Harvard Business Review article, he went and followed me on Twitter. Then he joined some of the communities I'm in. Then I was working for on-chain monkey for a period of time, so he bought one. And now he's like a leader in the community. That story is the one that I want to hear from this book. I want somebody to pick up this book because right now, you know, I mentioned the website code that I was building and how it would break everything. Well, guess what? Tonight, we could set up a Squarespace together and have a website up tomorrow because those out-of-the-box tools exist. I would be the dream is that people pick up this book who are engineers, data scientists, students, like young, 
and then somebody says, I can build the picks and shovels for this, and they build Squarespace for Web3, or they build the picks and shovels and become and say, I discovered Web3 because I read the Everything Token or because I, I, I was in a class that used it as a reference, and now I founded a multi-billion dollar company or I did this. or That is my absolute dead dream is that somebody picks this up, even one single person, and changes their careers, and it makes their lives intrinsically better. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and last question, if if Gary was here, uh, had to an answer truthfully, and you had one question, what would you ask him? Um, God, that's also a tough one, because it's like, what would the one question be? Um, it's so hard, because he's so truthful with everything, and everybody asks him everything. Um, I don't know that I would even have a. I, I would have such a hard time having a question. I'd just be like sitting there, like I don't get starstruck very easily. But there's very, there's probably like three or four. Like I used to work with celebrities and stuff in my old job, and I never got starstruck. But you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's one of those people who could do it because he's had such an in. People who have tremendous impacts on my life, like make a difference. Um, I would ask him, you're spending. I, I think I would ask him, you know, you're spending your life building, you know, all these different companies. Now you're in Web three. I think the question I would ask him truthfully, and, and this is probably somewhat selfish, but also curiosity, what is next? What do you think the next thing is that you haven't talked about yet that you're starting to, the itch you're starting to scratch? Because even with Web3, he started to scratch it a little bit, then he started to get a little louder, then he got real loud. It's like, what is next? What do you see coming around the corner? Because I love the way his brain works, and I'd love to hear where he's thinking. And selfishly, I'd love to be able to, like, not front run it, but, like, be able to get myself in thinking the same way. I love that. Um and that's a great question too. Um, Steve, thank you so much, guys. Uh, every morning, co-host with Coffee with Captain on Twitter Spaces, uh, if it's up and running, <laughs> he'll, him and the captain will be there. Uh, the book comes out. By the time you're listening to this, it is out. So get on Amazon, the Everything Token. Um, hop into Starbucks Odyssey, er everything. Uh, Steve, can't thank you enough. Uh, this was such a pleasure. Such a treat, uh, and I really appreciate you, and I, I can't wait to see you at VCon. Yeah, can't wait to see you at VCon. Thank you for having me on. Like, I, I know you said I had this gratitude thing earlier. Like, you, like, I'm not, like, BSing you, like, tremendous questions. I probably told, like, three stories I've either never told or barely told before just because of the way you ask questions, your your demeanor, the way you make people feel comfortable, your energy. So thank you for, for having me on and, and giving me the opportunity to have this conversation and definitely looking forward to, you know, a beer, a coffee, or whatever at VCon with you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, till then. So excited. It's coming. Talk soon. Thank you.